You're listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views, the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy and The Driven websites, and is brought to you by ZeroMo, a non-profit initiative helping transition to battery-powered lawn and gardening equipment and electric vehicles using 100% renewable energy. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of The Driven Podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson and I'm the publisher and editor of The Driven. Well, today we've got a very special guest, Andre Borschborg from Switzerland. Five years ago, Andre Borschborg and his partner Bertrand Picard took off on one of the most remarkable adventures, co-piloting the Solar Impulse plane, a completely and only solar-powered plane with batteries that flew around the world. It was quite an adventure um, and really captured the world's imagination. Since then, Borschburg has now set up his own company, H55, based in Switzerland, pursuing new dreams in electric aviation. Andre Borschburg joined us from Switzerland. Andre Borschburg, thank you very much for joining the Dripping Podcast. It's a great pleasure. I remember being in Abu Dhabi in January 2015. I was at the World Future Energy Conference and uh, one of the journalists contingent there. And we all got on a bus one day and came out to a great big hangar at the airport and saw the final preparations for your flight in Solar Impulse, which was just quite a remarkable plane. I mean, you know, just powered only by solar and some batteries, a very small cockpit. It was a sense of adventure, but it looked so fragile at the same time. It was a remarkable feat what you guys did, you and Bertrand Picard um, flying around the world. It did take a year because you were sort of weather dependent to a certain extent, but there were some long flight trajectories. Some, I can't remember, what was the longest, what was the longest um, period in the air, um, night and day? Well, the, the, the longest part of the project was to prepare this flight around the world during 12 years. But, uh, but when you talk about flying, the challenge was to cross ocean, as you can imagine, and the largest and the biggest ocean is the Pacific Ocean. And uh, this was at the same time, uh, the first uh, part of the flight where we had to fly more than 24 hours to so do the full cycle. So we knew it had to last five days, five nights at least, uh, that the time it would take, you know, flying solar with an airplane, which was capable almost to fly forever. So it's a kind of a new paradigm. Yes. And uh, flying five days, five, five, five nights, I mean, we also need to have pretty good weather on the road and uh, forecasting the weather over this, uh, uh, this duration was, uh, was a big challenge for the weatherman. <laughs> I remember watching the um, on the internet, on the online, um, it was telling you how much battery you had left and um, it was remarkable the way that as the sun was shining and the battery was charging and you were sort of flying up in the air and, and gaining altitude and then as you were sort of discharging the batteries, you were losing altitude and I guess the you know, the challenge was was to make sure you didn't lose too much altitude before the sun rose again and you could start rising. But um, tell us, just remind us before we get onto your current venture, what it was like to be in that plane at that moment with this new technology. It was a true gift uh, to be up there. I mean, for different reasons. Uh, first, you try to imagine being in an airplane uh, and you look up in the sky, you see the sun and the sun rays hitting your wing, 
give you enough energy to fly day and night. I mean, unlimited, clean, uh, with no uh, with no impact on the environment. I mean, this was an incredible feeling. Uh, it was almost unbelievable. Uh, after flying five days and five nights, I mean, you know, I started to to develop such a trust for this technology and understanding that if this we, uh, can be done on an airplane, it certainly, in fact, can solve a lot of uh, challenges regarding energy production on the on the ground. So this was deep excitement, but it was also on the personal level something very special because I've been uh, inspired and as a kid dreaming, uh, reading the stories of the pioneers of the. Uh, the engineers, the pilot who developed the aviation we know today. And in some ways, you know, doing this flight was going back to this, uh, to these exciting moments of my childhood. So I think I connected on different dimensions then. <laughs> I remember at the time you and Bertrand Picard were talking about the future of electric aviation. Um, Four years down the track, you are now um, executive chairman of a new venture, H55, and I'll get you to explain what that is. But did you imagine that the transfer or the progress from the solar impulse um, expedition into an, a, a time when people are freely talking about a future of electric aviation, did you think it would actually happen that quickly? At the beginning, certainly not. And the beginning was uh, 2003. And uh, people have to understand that uh, before being solar, in fact, the airplane is electric. Uh, so it's an electric airplane. And instead of having some kind of a hybrid uh, motor providing energy like cars do have today in a lot of situations, uh, this hybrid technology was, was, was a solar, I mean, it was based on solar energy. Uh, but when we, you know, presented uh, uh, the, the concept of an electric airplane, people were saying, yeah, that's great, uh, that's interesting, but it has no future in aviation. And uh, uh, by the time we were over with the flight around the world, this was 2016, I think the perception changed completely. And today, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not everyone, because it's a little bit like uh, the same uh, for the car industry, you know, before Tesla presented uh, their, their solution, nobody in the automobile industry believed it was possible, or maybe they didn't want to believe it was possible yes. because this was changing so much their business model that, of course, it was a big disruption. Uh, I think for aviation, it will be a bit the same, uh, but, uh, but there are a lot of innovators who see the potential of uh, electric propulsion today explains why we have more, I think, than 150 different projects and startup uh, companies around the world working on new designs based on electric propulsion. And of course, this was also a strong motivation from our side to continue developing our technology because we were almost among the first one in 2003 and we were the first one to fly as much electric around the world. So we thought, and I, I really thought that it would be a, a, a pity to let this technology on the side and not to bring it to commercial applications. And this explains, in fact, the creation of H55. Well, H55, well, can, can you explain the name? Is there a story behind that or what it means? Uh, well, you know, like many startup companies, they start either in a garage or in a hangar. 
uh, but in a very small, cheap uh, area. And this, uh, I mean, for us, it was a hangar. And in fact, the hangar was hangar 55. Uh, and we thought uh, that age 55 was shorter, uh, maybe easier to remember. And that's reasons why we chose uh, this, uh, the, the, the naming and the logo around that. Fair enough. So please explain to our listeners what it is that H55 is doing and what your aim is. We focus on, um, uh, an H55 focus on uh, uh, what we call the electric propulsion system. So that's from propellers, turbofan, uh, electric motor, electric motors, because the adventure of the technology is that you can have many motors, uh, contrary to the, uh, the combustion engines. And the energy source, currently batteries, uh, potentially hybrid, also using uh, um, in the future hydrogen. So, you know, trying to make it completely clean. So all these different technologies brought to together to provide a solution for the aircraft manufacturers. But you, people have to understand that in aviation, in fact, the world is, uh, is very demanding in the sense of uh, safety and security. Uh, so the uh, the requirements uh, to uh, come up with technologies which are totally safe are, of course, immense. And uh, we all have heard about the 737 MAX grounded uh, at Boeing uh, simply by the fact that uh, uh, a software is not working properly. It's a, that's a small part of the entire airplane, but so critical that uh, it, it, if it's not done in the proper way, uh, creates uh, a dangerous situation as we, as we have mm. seen. Um, so we have been working at Solar Impulse for 15 years to bring, in fact, this technology to a very safe level. When I was flying around the world, I flew over the center of Shanghai at Manhattan, I'm in the south of uh, uh, New York. Uh, so over the major city around the world, and to be able to do that, of course, we had to demonstrate that our technology was safe. And that's what we did with the authorities at the time, and that's what we continue doing it now. Uh, so our goal is to provide safe, certified solution to the aviation industry to allow all these crazy guys around the world to come up with new designs. And I'm sure you heard about flying taxis. Uh, yes, know, I was going to ask about this. Flying taxis and vertical takeoff. Um, is it really going to be happen? Do you really imagine that happening in our, in our major cities? Uh, I, I definitely do because we will have to use the third dimension uh, more and more. We see that drones already are, are fulfilling and uh, uh, allow to, allowing us to uh, solve uh, a lot of needs. Uh, in the proper way, of course, you know, there will be situations where drones are not appropriate, so we, they, they will not do everything that some people believe they could do. Uh, but that's the same for this uh, flying taxi. So this third dimension is uh, available. Uh, if we can come up with solutions which are quiet, which are clean, so don't pollute, uh, which are safe, because of course people will re require this to be very safe, I think this has a big chance to uh, fulfill part of the mobility that needs to be developed at the urban level. But it will take maybe a little bit more time than what people believe, but this was the case, you know, I mean, since, since the beginning. I think we, we, we thought that autonomous car would be on the road in 2015, 
And we know now that you know it may take a few more years until we see the first really uh, uh, applications uh, implemented in, in in the large cities. So I think that's going to be the same here. Well, it has to be almost perfect that technology, doesn't it? I mean, that sort of safety, that safety requirement, um, particularly for an autonomous vehicle, is probably higher even than for a um, a vehicle in the control of a human. Yeah, that's very much so, and that's the reasons why also we believe that uh, we can get the the experience and demonstrate enough safety by flying uh, this technology as much as we can, and flying. Uh, electric propulsion in new type of aircraft, of course, is very difficult and very challenging. It's much easier to do it in existing uh, airplanes, uh, which we know fly well. And that's reasons why our first application is to develop an electric flight trainer. So that's typically the airplane used by flight schools to train pilots, take off and landing. I mean, the basic fundamental initial training. These airplanes are noisy, big disturbance uh, for the neighborhood. And uh, if we can come up now with uh, an electric version, an electric solution, of course, it will solve uh, a lot of the problems around this, uh, this airfield. So that's what we are doing. Huh? The airplane has been flying now since a few months. And uh, our goal is to bring it to flight schools by the end of next year. And, and where will we end up with um, electric aviation? I mean, what, what's going to be possible? People talk about general aviation and passenger planes up to 10, 20 or 50 people. Will it stop there or will it actually grow to even a, a bigger amount? Or will it maybe limited with even bigger jets, but just the takeoff and landing part? Um, what, what do you think is possible? I think it's limitless uh, for, for uh, a few reasons. Number one, the electric motor is extremely energy efficient, uh, which means the energy you bring to the motor is transformed into propulsion, which is not the case in combustion engine. You know, two liters out of three that you put in your tank or gallons, I mean, whatever the measurements uh, that you put in you know, your tank is lost in heat, which means only one third of the gasoline that we use in a car is used to, I mean, to uh, propel or to uh, move the uh, the car forward. So the efficiency is extremely bad. I mean, uh, the waste is enormous. It's ridiculous mm. if you continue using this technology. For electric motors, it's a few percentage that we lose. Uh, so the efficiency is above 90%. So nine out of 10 of the energy that you get is used for the propulsion. So that's number one, which means that you know, it's obvious that it will come uh, in, uh, in, uh, in this type of application. Uh, number two, in fact, electric motors are so simple, they don't require any maintenance. And when you don't need maintenance, it means you have less problems uh, because you have less parts, less moving parts. There's no friction because it's only through magnetic field that, in fact, the movement is created. Uh, so instead of having a motor which can last 2,000 hours, it can last 20,000 hours. So you can understand the economics of it and the benefit out of this. And then the electric motors is very easy to control. It's software. Uh, that's exactly what allowed Elon Musk to bring back uh, part of the, uh, the rockets that he used now to send some stuff in the International Space Station. And that's by using software that he is able to to reuse and bring all these different stages back on the uh, on the ground. 
So that's going to be the same here. So the tools and the technology are such that I think the potential is there. Now it will happen step by step. As you said, we start with small airplanes because that's the easiest way to gain experience. Uh, of course, we start with short endurance because we all know that batteries are not as good as we wish them to be. But for many applications, it's, uh, it's uh, sufficient. Uh, and that's our, that's our strategy. Huh? So we start with single engine, we start with small airplane, we go to multi-engine, we go to uh, more complex design, like flying cars. Then there will be some small transport airplane, commuters uh, from one city to the next, Sydney, Sydney uh, Melbourne, for example. So not Sydney, mm -hmm. New York yet, but Sydney, Melbourne. And maybe ultimately we'll get this into large airplanes. But that's, of course, will take a bit more time. So don't expect to be completely clean in the sky immediately. And I think, you know, on the other side, if we can be clean on the ground and only the skies remains using uh, fossil energy for a while, I think we'll survive with that. <laughs> Look, I know you're very busy and you've got to move on to your next thing, but just one final question. Um, it's been a delight talking to you, but is there any other great adventures like Solar Impulse coming up for you or um, have you had enough of that? <laughs> oh, certainly not, not enough, no, but for the time being, I think both Bertrand and myself, uh, we, uh, we continue on uh, the, uh, the philosophy which was the philosophy we need we, we wanted to develop when we uh, uh, set up uh, solar impulse so for Bertrand it's the promotion of the clean technologies all over the place not just for aviation and for me it's the, the continuation of the development of this technology for the uh, for the world of uh, for the world of aviation uh, so we have so much to do. Uh, will this lead to another adventure? I hope so. Uh, but maybe for the next generation, huh? because our, our children are getting, uh, getting uh, older now. I mean, I guess we're maybe ready to take the lead in a different way. It doesn't have to be the same way. So, you know, we'll pass the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the stick to the That's next bad. generation at a certain time as well. Huh? That's right, yes. Andre Borsbock, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, wish you had more time, but um, thank you very much for joining the Driven Podcast. Well, it's a real pleasure and looking forward to come back to you a beautiful country. The Driven Podcast was brought to you by ZeroMo, the non-profit initiative that supports battery electric alternatives for lawn and gardening maintenance. ZeroMo helps transition to cleaner and quieter garden power tools and electric vehicles powered by 100% renewable energy. Visit zeromo.com.au and find out how you can make the switch to zero emission, petrol-free lawn and garden maintenance.